Hey John, how's it going? It's it's going. It's it's a day. What day is it? Is today Friday? It is Friday. It is Friday. Uh, Thank God. You know what they say. Oh, what did they say? Restaurant name. Uh, yeah, I've had a week. It's yeah. It's, so tell me about <laughs> it, buddy. Buddy, you have no idea. I I have honestly had like the most stressful week in like years. <laughs> All right, tell me about it. Um, I don't. I I feel like I don't normally talk about like home life stuff outside of like mm-hmm. my adventures. Uh, but, but, but the big thing that happened this week, uh, is my grandma ended up in the hospital and, and that was extremely stressful. She has, she has, she has lung infection. Uh, so that was stressful. Uh, she, she was in there for two nights. I think it was, uh, not fun when someone you live with ends up in the hospital. Like I, I, I've known a few people who have been in the hospital before, but it's like a different level when it's someone you live with. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember when my grandpa ended up in the hospital back when I was in high school. That was that was crazy. That freaked me out. Uh, but she's she's home. She she's she's doing all right. Uh, and that's what matters. But boy, those those three days, uh, oh. I was on edge. Uh, I, oh my god! I, th- I I thought we weren't gonna record this week because like I was so stressed out. Uh, and we, you, you just ended up like delaying us all the way to the end of the week. So I, I just got to ride it out. Um, and then, and then, and then like the day she came home from the hospital, uh, I had maybe like a couple hours of, of like, yeah, I can be de-stressed now. And then my girlfriend messaged me and was like, Hey John, I'm in the direct path of hurricane Ian and, and I, I, I'm not evacuating. And I was like, Oh, okay. Oh no. And, and and so I I had to I, I I sat on call with her like all night while she while she didn't have power it was just her and her cat uh, she could have evacuated but like her mom like went to a hotel and like she couldn't bring her cat with her she didn't want to leave the cat uh, mm-hmm. which I understand uh, her cat her, her cat is a very good cat his name's Dio after Dio Brando shout uh, out to that guy. But yeah, I I set up with her until like ten in the morning because her power went out at like eleven p.m. and she wasn't supposed to get the worst of it until like four in the morning. So I just sat with her all night, and that was stressful. And she she lives on an island right now, uh. So I I, I think she's finally been allowed to like leave the island because they had like a curfew in state until like this morning. So she she just couldn't leave. Uh, I think she has now made her way to the hotel that her mom's at. Uh, but that's what my week's been like. I, I didn't get anything done because I've just been at a computer stressed as hell. My God. Uh, I am very glad to hear that your grandmother and your girlfriend are all right, more or less. Uh, damn. Yeah. That's, that's something. How, how's how's your day been? Because you said you, you had something to talk about on the air. I... I've had a, uh, I've had a bit of a week. No, nothing nearly as stressful as what it sounds like you've been going through. But I've had some comic comical beats going on, uh, especially today. Um, so my week has been uh, on Monday. Uh, they dropped the new Yu Gi Oh ban list, and it was terrible. <laughs> um, 
and so me and all my friends were talking about that all day, uh, and I just was consumed with hatred uh, because Mystic Mine is still not banned. Uh, I I cannot. They they are still not giving dates for when the next balance is coming out. I cannot endure another five months of this. Please send help. My <laughs> game is dying. Um, but that besides, uh, I went into the office for the first time. So spent my first day in a in a American corporate office in a in a high rise city building. So that was interesting. Um, and then uh, my PlayStation account got stolen. Uh, was what happened what? today. What? Yeah, uh, so my PSN account got hacked, um, and they, I heard about, so they, whoever got my account, uh, changed my email ID, which basically means that I'm completely fucked, like, that's all I can do. Um, the, so the email that Sony sent me, I, I have been spinning from this all day. Uh, the email that Sony sent me to notify me of account activity, uh, basically said, uh, hey, We've noticed, uh, we, we noticed that you've changed your log, your sign-in ID on your account. You can contact us at the link below if you have any, if, if there's any concern. Um, and I'm like, well, I certainly didn't buy anything or change anything on the login on my PS, on my PlayStation. Um, this is, probably means my account has been stolen. And I looked at it for five more seconds and I realized because they have my email, I just have no, I can't reset my password. Like, I, they changed it, I can't get into it anymore. Uh, so I go to the link that in the email and I shit you not the page that it links me to the page that they sent me that they linked me to for any concerns about the ownership of my account changing the only contact information on it it was a corporate contact page and the no. only thing on it was the address of Sony's headquarters <laughs> in California <laughs> what so I am blindsided by just the audacity of this of of this um and so i do a little bit more research and uh i find that sony has on their site uh for tech support um there's like a little one of those you pick the option of what's going on so i'm like all right uh account account i need to deal with my account um and it's like okay we have an automated chat assistant that you can talk to yeah and i'm like great uh put me on with cleverbot i don't give a fuck um and it gives me a dialogue tree, and the option, the, the first option it gives me is, hi, do you have access to the email of your account that you're trying to recover? And I say, no. And the bot sits there and it thinks for like two minutes, and it comes back at me with, we're sorry, but you need to come back during business hours, and we can put you on with a real person. And it tells me what the business hours are, and they're right now. And it doesn't give me a phone number or anything. The future is now. The future is now. Um, so I call them, and uh, I, I spend like twenty minutes on the phone before I am just realizing that there is they can't they are not going to do anything. Like I am on hold. It's just nothing is happening. Um, so I call my so I uh, at this point I realize like oh shit I should I don't think I have my card saved but I should look at my bank. And I go and I look at my bank and I see that there has been a one dollar and five cent charge to my credit card from PlayStation Network uh, last night. And I'm like, well, shit, my card is on there. So I had to call my bank and get my card canceled. But I'm just sitting here on the phone with my bank and it takes me ten minutes, all of ten minutes to, to talk to a real person and for them to lock the card, send me a new one, open an investigation on the activity 
and uh, charge back the transaction on, on my card. And I'm like, I feel like I'm sitting here being fed grapes off a satin pillow, like I'm a Roman <laughs> emperor, compared to Sony, which straight up just gave me an address. It was like, hey, do you want to do something about your account? Come and I don't come and come to our fucking headquarters. Fly out to California and bitch to us. <laughs> um, so. I think my money is fine, but I have, I'm pretty sure that I have just lost my PlayStation account. Um, I wasn't really using it, but like, there goes all my Bloodborne achievements. So that's kind of sad. Um, but yeah, uh, that was my, that was my day. I've just, I, I just all day, I have been like going to my email and like confirming again that I click on this link and it (laughs) shows me, this is like, this is like actually what they're giving people. I'm like, oh my God, like. You people have, like, the number one thing, like, okay, number one thing that Sony is known for, um, like, I don't know, some good video game probably, number two thing Sony is known for, uh, data breaches and credit card information getting leaked. Like, are you, are you fucking serious with this? I've, I've, I've just been in customer mode all day. My brain has, like, downshifted (laughs) into customer mode. I'm just furious. God, that sucks. (laughs) so, so that was that that was me today. Um, I but I actually thank God, thank God it's Friday. I I had I had a situation earlier this week that is kind of similar to that, and I think it's a little funny that this this has happened in the same week. Uh, I had like a boomer moment when I yeah. when when I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, the, this is, this was like the, the second night of my grandma being in the hospital. So I was like even more stressed. Uh, and you just like freaked out playing video games. Yeah. I, I was just playing video games, trying to get my mind off everything. Uh, I, I, I teleport to one of the main cities in final fantasy 14 Limso Lamensa for those wondering. Uh, and as, as, as like after a few seconds of standing there, I like, I, I get a whisper in game and it's like. I'm quitting Final Fantasy 14 and I'm doing a giveaway on the Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> forums to give away all 300 million of my gold. Here's a link to the forums. And I like, I briefly looked at the link and I was like, yeah, that looks like the forums link. <laughs> and and I was like, you know what? I'm sad right now. So I will enter this raffle to be one, no. to, to be one of eight people who get split uh, 300 million gil. And I, I, I go, I get on the web page it, it looks exactly like the, the 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 login page, and I'm like, yeah, the this is real, and, and I and I log in, and it takes me to the front page of the real forums, and I'm I, and I'm like, I, I've never used the forums before, so like at that moment, I was like, okay, weird login thing. Let me just find the thread, <laughs> and then like I couldn't find it. And so I go back and I look at the link and there was like a really hard to look at because it was like a dot L I like just in the middle of this long ass URL. So I didn't register it when I saw it and then it hit me. I was like, Oh, I I just submitted my information to like someone on the other side of the planet who is probably going to steal my account. And, and use it to to bot to like steal other accounts. Oh fuck! Uh, and I very swiftly uh, changed my password and put on two factor. Uh, and I haven't had any issues, so I think I'm good. 
but I, that's that's maybe like the like most brainless moment I've ever had ever because I tend to be on top of that shit. I I tend to like grill my family for like clicking weird links on Facebook, and I I fell for the. <laughs> I'm quitting Final Fantasy XIV. I'm raffling my gill. Here's a fake forum link trick. I I gotta give. You, I, I think we can give you a pass on this one just for being like you know stressed out and not in the right, not in the good. It it, it sucks so much that they caught me at my lowest. Like it was, it, fate did something there, and I fought back. <laughs> it, it feels like like. Sad old man buying scratch off tickets at the gas station. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the moral of the story, kids, put on two FA on all your shit. Yeah. Put on two FA on your PlayStation because Sony is not going to help you if that if that uh, if it gets hacked. Also, use good passwords. Use good passwords. Yeah. Use use um, a password manager. Don't don't try to come up with a with a like little password on your own. Get that get those random numbers and letters in there. Hmm. Never you can do that. Never use the same password for all of your accounts because if one gets breached, they all get breached. These are all these are all the tips that we that we know and we all definitely follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, I <laughs> whenever you lose some shit, it's like, man, maybe I should be fucking paying attention to maybe I should be following the example that I strive to lead. Yeah. Strive to set. Ugh. Ugh. Um Man, anything else? Any fun stuff going on? <laughs> um, and uh, were there any high points to your week? It sounds like it was a tough one, but it it really was just a tough one. I've just been like playing a bunch a bunch of Final Fantasy fourteen to get my mind off things. Mm-hmm. I I I, um, I got a lot of progress done. I've 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 leveled my my gathering classes. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Gathering. I, I love doing uh. jobs in video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that uh that everything seems to be going a bit better for you now or for people around you now. But yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. What a time. <laughs> I, I am definitely doing better than I was on like Tuesday. <laughs> Alright, good good to hear. <laughs> okay. Um I kinda wanna keep stalling for time here. Uh but we could uh, also just talk about uh, the Sea Dwellers. Yes. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, okay. Let's talk right. about them. Let, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about uh, the one that there's stuff to talk about and the other one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let, let's begin with, with, the, with the former. Uh, so, Aradan. Um, anything we want to bring up before uh, we, we get into this one? Um, no? Okay. I think we can hop right in. Alright then. So, um, this volume, uh, this route begins, uh, we are back on the beach, uh, in search of friendship, just kind of wandering around as we are prone to do. Um, and we run into Aradan, uh, who is hanging out all on his lonesome. Um, he recognizes us, uh, and demands to know if we are the friend slut of legend he has heard so much about. Um, MSP Reader, uh, of course, enthusiastically confirms that this is the case, uh, and inquires as to what uh, linguistic genius came up with that descriptor for us. Uh, Aridan, uh of course, uh, claims, it was, claims it was himself, um, and he uh, 
eagerly goes on to inform us of his genius uh, as well as his wealth and social import. Um, so uh, now that we've given him a shred of attention, uh, Aridan pretty much immediately uh, and completely unprompted uh, starts to unload his all his romantic woes on us. Um, he's fresh on the heels of both Vriska and Feffery dumping him. Um, and he is just uh, acutely down bad. Uh, he puts on this whole woe is me act. Um, he's agonizing about it. Uh, and starts to really turn up the heat on the nobody likes me. Uh, everybody on Alternia, uh, knows the name Aerodin Ampera. I'm probably banned from every restaurant for hitting on the staff. Um, so it goes really, goes really hard into like, I'm just the worst. Uh, so MSP readers Pavlovian response, uh, at this, uh, immediately triggers. Um, and we're like, ugh, I have to fix him. <laughs> so, uh, we sit there in rapt attention. Until Aridin, uh looks back to us and uh, inquires, like, hey, people pay good money for this. Are you going to just stare or what? So, interesting. So, so, so that's interesting. Um, we learned that uh, Aridin has some kind of peculiar hobby where he extorts money from people in exchange for them listening to him whine about his love life. Um you know, everybody does what they can to get by, I guess. No no judgments here. Uh, but uh, we, reform, we regret to inform him that, uh, unfortunately, uh, despite services rendered, we are flat broke. Um, Aridan thinks about this for a moment, and he comes back to us, and he's like, well, if you can't pay uh, the usual ways, maybe we can work out a deal. Maybe we can come to an arrangement. Um... We're a little bit put off by this, but he quickly reassures us that he's not a sicko or a pervert. He's just that desperate. Um, and uh, he, he demands that we go on a date with him. Uh, MSP Reader is happy to go on a date as friends. And uh, at hearing this, Aridin, uh grimaces. And it's like, well, uh, let's get to it then. So... Uh, Aaron asks us where we want to go, um, and we are given a myriad of options. Uh, we can say, I don't know, where do you want to go, to which he will just throw it back at us. Um, and there are a ton more, uh, like, we're gonna, let's go to the mall, uh, let's go to Earth, let's go to the anime store. Uh, and to all of these, Aaron will, uh, quickly ditch you and be like, alright, this is not gonna work out, let's, no, 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 see ya. Um... However, uh, the way to Aridin's heart is to suggest that we go to the movies. Um, Aridin, uh, on hearing this suggestion, uh, exclaims, Hell fucking yes, we are. Uh, I've already got my two tickets to Shrek 2 uh, for right now. And uh, this is what we're going to do today. Hell yes. <laughs> um, we are briefly uh, struck and incapacitated by a memory of Shrek and Aridan uh, standing together on a beach uh, somewhere in some other reality. You... I remember it. I remember it. Okay. I, 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 get okay. Okay. I get the reference. I get the reference. I get the reference. And uh, when MSP Reader regains consciousness after being uh, struck in the head by this uh, stray memory going a million miles per hour, um, we are already uh, on the deck of Aridan's extravagant and massive airship.
Um, so uh, he introduces us to his his airship, his pride and joy and display of insane amounts of money. Um, and he shows us to the dressing room. So, uh, this is this is where we lean into the uh, the classic Aridan. Uh, we we get our our classic core Aridan essence. Uh, here in the dressing room. So, uh, as we enter, we take have a look around. Um, items of note uh, in the dressing room include a pile of loose wands um, and a collection of ornate dresses, along with a bunch of other miscellaneous casual and uh, formal clothing. Uh, Aridan, uh, as we look over his room, provides commentary uh, on how magic is fake um, and how the, but those wands are kind of like a begrudging hobby of his. He kind of slips to us. Um, and uh, when we look at the dresses, uh, he professes, he, uh, like, what's the word for it? Um, offers up a sudden tangent on uh, how he's like, oh yeah, he wears those. Uh, it's not like a gender thing or anything. He's pretty comfortable. And isn't gender like kind of like this useless BS thing anyway? Um in a way that uh, we can tell has... He spent a lot of time thinking about this issue. Uh, and it's certainly something he's passionate about. And we think for a moment, you know, maybe there is something that we can connect to this young troll on some level on. Maybe he's not all bad. Uh, Aridan deflects from this conversation by quickly pivoting to his sheer hatred for lowbloods <laughs> and his uh, genocidal rampages among their neighborhoods and how much he hate his, his specific words are like everyone yellow blood and below deserves to die like he just says it um emma's pre-reader uh, has has a strong reaction to this as as one would um they turn away and immediately puke up all over his floor uh and uh, we, we desperately try to divert to any more interesting topic of conversation. <laughs> um, so, trying to avoid the subject of uh, Aridan's insane racism, um, we ask him uh, why it is that if he's so important um, and if he's of such social importance and stature and he's so passionate about the issue of... Uh, gender non-conforming trolls and like being accepted in society why doesn't he speak out on this issue himself more um Aaron's response to this uh is dismissive um he's like well everybody hates me like everybody knows me um and if i were to speak out on this issue then uh if anything it would make it work it, it would make uh, life worse for people who don't conform to societal standards, because I'm so hated, and I would be like a, uh, I would I would make things worse for any marginalized communities by standing with them. Um. And uh, let's see, we uh we detect the faintest note of self pity in his voice. Um, as he bemoans that uh you know maybe being hated is better than being unknown after all, because at least means people are thinking of him. Uh, Erdin, again, uh, hurriedly changes the subject as things get a little bit too real, and, uh, what he chooses to change the subject to, specifically, is Solux. And, uh, in particular, whether we know if Solux has the, uh, much-coveted double bulge. Dear God. 
not an appropriate question to ask uh, one of your friends, but one of your other friends, uh, I don't think. Um, unprompted. Um, the sheer inappropriateness of this inquiry uh, stuns us. And uh, before MS Reader can do anything, Aridin is already dialing up Solux to ask him himself. Um, we see during their conversation, uh, Aridin is really aggressive and generally just a hateful little prick. Um, he is racist. Uh, he's pointedly racist as like a threat. Um, and is just generally just kind of a shit. Uh, we get the impression that he's nerve. He's both playing up kind of the awfulness, his own awfulness, and that he's nervous as he's doing this. Um, like he's flirting with Solux in a his own odd way. Um, the conversation escalates uh, as we listen in, and it culminates with Solux uh, threatening to shut him up once and for all and saying, hey, I'm coming to your... Uh, I'm, I'm going to be there. Uh, let's just settle this. Um, I'm going to get you out of my life. Uh, Aridin, at this conclusion, is really excited. Uh, he clearly thinks that he's scored um, a, a hate date, as it were. Uh, and so he eagerly begins to prepare uh, for Solux's arrival. Um, when Solux shows up, uh, it becomes clear rapidly that Solix and Aridin are on radically different wavelengths here. Aridin is doing kind of a wrestler persona, trying to drum up some banter with Solix, and Solix is just like, dude, I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Uh, I'm going to pick up a shopping mall and drop it on your airship. And he does that. Um, we have an option here uh, to try to save Aridin or not. Um... If we do try, then we get kind of a kind of a basic like bad end route, uh, or bad end. Yeah. Um, things go wrong in a in a slapstick manner, and we get violently killed. Uh, in in, a, in it's it's not it's not as dire as like the uh, uh on 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 the scale of like dark endings. Uh, it's 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 a very light one. Yeah. It's it's not serious. Yeah. Um. If we choose to uh, let Aridin fend for himself, um, we zap ourselves uh, off the airship uh, as it, uh, before it crashes, and uh, as we are uh, exploring the wreckage and trying to find the survivors, uh, we run to Solix first. Um, Solix uh, explains that Aridin harasses him with racist caligonous flirtation on basically a daily basis these days um and in general he has a history of just kind of being a huge creep uh solix talks about a specific instance where Aridin came to him and asked if he could wiretap Feferi's uh phone to see if she ever talks about him yeah um it just not 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 great behavior um and uh, Solix, uh, the point of this, he, he t comes back with, to us and is like, what do you see in him? Like, why are you, why bother? And MS Reader, again, uh, just tragically cannot help themselves from um, the, the impulse to, to fix him. The impulse, more, well, the impulse more generally to use our powers for good and make lives better for all these kids, even if they're little shits. Um... Solix uh, kind of shrugs at us and is like, well, I don't get it. Um, and he warns us that Aridin does not 
deserve this, uh, but he can't stop us, so he'll let us do whatever we want. Um, and uh, he, he pieces out. So we come to Aridin, uh, who we find uh, sitting in the middle of some deep introspection in the rubble. Um, Aridin uh, is like looks to us and is like, "Listen, I've uh, I've been through some shit today. Um, I feel like I'm just doing something wrong. Uh, be honest with me." And so uh, we are honest with Aridin. Um, we tell him uh, that we see a, an asshole and a loser. Uh, someone who selectively embraces uh, the worst parts of society uh, suit him while rejecting ones that uh, help uh, that might suit others or uh, without considering that upholding those values might be hurtful to others. Um, we see somebody who just hurts everyone around him and is doing himself no good in the process. Uh, but we also see somebody who is young enough that they can get their lives back on track. Uh, six sweeps old is is not too late. Um, Aridin, uh sheepishly uh, accepts our advice um, and is like, well, it's you're asking a lot of me. Um, and we reassure him that uh, we will be there for him along the way and that we will, after all, be his friend. And we, uh, we go and we watch Shrek 2 with him and, and we have a a lovely time yeah this is this is one of, this is this is one of the many routes available in in pester quest what, what, what do we think of the Aridin route i like it i i think it's pretty all right i like it too i i i like the way that Aridin is written to be a racist femboy that's awesome Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the core Aridin uh, portrayal as the racist femboy. Yeah. Um, um, I I I really like the note that it ends on. Uh, the 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 notion that even the shittiest kids can change. Uh, uh-huh. true, true. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's. I don't like it as much as other routes, but I do like it. I think it has a. I like. I liked it a good amount. Um, I think that it. I, I like the note it ends on as well. I think it has like a good message to it. Um, I, I this is like a something like like we've like kind of a story that like we talked about before, like a theme of like even like the shittiest kids who are like super into like the racism stuff and like just like uh like like Equus we talked about who like kind of adopted the whole. Uh, esoteric racist belief system as a coping mechanism thing. Yeah. Um. I liked I liked the Aridin one kind of like from the the lens of like how do you actually like get someone to like what does it take to to get someone out of that or like how does that uh come like what is it like when that like comes to a head yeah. with a person's life yeah um and. Yeah, I really liked it on the... Because, like, I feel like the experience of, like, losing all of your friends, um, and... Like, like losing all your friends and having, like, some traumatic event happen to you as a result of your horrible, shitty worldview that you've adopted as a, as a young person is, like... Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of an experience that a lot of people genuinely have. Yeah. Um, and... 
I it, it is it is kind of an important thing to uh to recognize that like a lot of time what happens with with people is that when they have this moment like they're they will just turn back to what they've been trying to fill the void with and double down on it um and MSP reader MSPA reader here like serves as uh, a way to get out of that and like somebody who earnestly cares and like wants to see them be a better person um and I do think it is kind of heartwarming and nice to like tell a, a story like that yeah focusing on that moment <clears throat> um I think it's interesting how like the the uh like the racist fair femboy stereotype like really emerged out of the internet uh really prominently in the years since uh Aridin was created as a character. Yeah. Um and Aridin has just kind of perfectly fit the mold of that stereotype. Like Aridin is a I, I find this whole like the racist femboy Aridin hilarious because it's like uh it's like retroactive yeah. um finding like a good thing for him to be yeah right um yeah uh i, I I'm, if i have a complaint it has it's got to be that like i feel like this is taken a little bit out of the fun out of like old school uh hilarious pathetic aridan that i love to laugh at yeah what do you think of the Shrek I stuff? I think the Shrek stuff is funny. Um, I I think it's hilarious that they decided to go back and reference it again instead of just letting it be this little Easter egg. Like they got, they made sure that everyone went back and knew that there was a Shrek in Homestuck. Yeah. Uh, um. In, in case we all forgot, one of the big moments of it's collide. I think it was. It's one of these giant. Yeah, flashes. it was. It was one of the one of the two at the end. I'm pretty sure it was collide. Um, during, during the big fight with Lord English, uh, very briefly, you see an Aridin ride by on the shoulders of Shrek, just out of nowhere. <laughs> very, very if, briefly yeah, I'm, seen. I'm, I'm sure if you Google Homestuck Shrek Flash, you'll be able to find it. Yeah. It's in there. Is, does Shrek have a page on the MSBA fan wiki? Uh. <laughs> confirming, confirming. Uh no. Oh, it it, it, okay. it it immediately brings up the page for collide. Um, okay. But on that note, uh, last week I I mentioned that the the there was a word of God moment and a message from Hussey was posted when this when when this volume came out. Uh, okay. Because it was related to Solix. Um. Uh. If any if anyone wants to see the post themselves, it was it was posted by Aisha on Twitter. Just search the phrase Aridin lore and you'll, you'll find it pretty quickly. Uh, but, but it is a message directly from Hussey and it reads, I'd like to clear a few things up about Aridin and his relationship with Shrek. There's probably nothing more important to Homestuck lore than this. And I know you've all been very patient about it. I love Hussey. <laughs> First, you have to look at Shrek through the eyes of a young troll. We of course see a big green swamp dwelling beast, an ogre who knows how to have a good time and has a heart of gold. But trolls are raised by monsters, so when Aridin looks at him, he see he doesn't see an ogre, he sees a father. Specifically, the father he never had, but wishes he did. Highbloods generally have aloof parents, 
who, due to the high standards they have for their children, often remain emotionally detached and unavailable. This is why it was possible for me to convince Cronus's seahorse dad to fly away with me. Aridan had a similar relationship with his father, and would have benefited from better parenting. So when the trolls spent some time on the meteor researching Earth culture, Aridan found footage of Shrek, this happened off screen, and was instantly smitten by this phenomenal father figure, much like Vriska was smitten with footage of Nick Cage. <laughs> There's another page. Uh, so, in Continue, please. so in Collide, we see Aridan with a Shrek Lussus, and he appears to be the only non-ghost. But he is a ghost. He's just so happy in the memory of his Shrek dad fantasy that he never remembers he's a ghost, so his eyes don't turn white. His feelings of fondness for Shrek as a father are also closely related to his rivalry, rivalry with Solix. Solix has a large ogre-like lessus that often that was often very similar to Shrek, and Aridan was Stop. jealous. <laughs> often, Solix would passive-aggressively brag about how great his father was and the fun times they had together. His Lussus was always there for him, gave him fun piggyback rides, and absolutely never misgendered him or referred to him by his dead name. Once when Aridan tried to have an honest conversation with his Lussus about gender, Seahorse Dad replied with a derisive snort, which shut the door on that topic forever. Aridan has always resented Solix for his supportive upbringing, which simultaneously stoked their fierce rivalry as well as the permanent association he makes between kind, compassionate parenting and big, strong ogres. And that's what Hussey has to say about Aridan and Shrek. That's amazing. <laughs> I Wow, wow. Um, we don't deserve Hussey. We really don't. <laughs> I, I, I think Hussey has really come a long way from like the early days of just like saying things on Formspring as like additional mm-hmm. content to Homestuck because this is this is some of the best. And it... This is yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> See I thought that um, I thought that where that was going to go was the like, Aridan. Uh, I feel like Aridan has like a lot he could learn from uh from Shrek, um, being that like Shrek is a is a cre- Shrek is an ogre. Shrek is a creature. Uh, what is an ogre if not a creature of the lowest blood? Right. Um, True. <laughs> and, and yet, uh, and yet through being a uh compassionate and uh noble and uh brave person shrek is able to win over uh the woman of his dreams who is uh royalty much much like aridan um and and through uh through his compassion uh even is able to show her that maybe being a lo- maybe being a monster isn't so bad uh i think i think that aridan's um personal relationship with shrek uh has a, there, i think there's a lot of exploration to be had here absolutely um it, it, for sure <laughs> um yeah I, I i really wish that uh i really wish that i had uh had made time had blocked out time to uh to watch shrek 2 uh <laughs> after reading this but before recording uh shrek 2 is is a great one of the greatest sequels oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. up there up there with Aliens, uh, up there with Terminator 2, um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, you know, all, all the, all the great sequels, Shrek 2, up there. Gremlins 2, for sure. Um, <laughs> what, what, what do you think of, like, the, 
what's your take on like the Aaron's personal relationship with gender? Um, because I'm not, I'm, I am unable to parse like what quite is going on here. I, he he reminds me of those guys on Twitter who were complaining when Bridget was was confirmed to be trans, but like he's he's clearly a lot more woke than that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I think it's a good addition. I I the the way it's presented here, I I'm okay with it. It checks out in my book. Uh, I don't I don't really feel a particular way about it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I think it's as an addition to 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 the Aridin we've had for years. Uh, I think it I think it does good to add to the. The racist femboy archetype uh but he he, uh-huh. he 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 very much is a, a a lot more woke than maybe a racist femboy on twitter would be uh yeah it, it's clear he has like a very like he does have a really personal relationship with with these ideas yeah um yeah i, I don't know i don't know i'm it's just something that i'm not quite sure like i don't know i feel dumb on this topic a lot of the time so i was curious what your thoughts on it were I don't know. I like it. I I agree with with a bunch of what he says. So, mm-hmm. not the racist stuff. I don't agree with that. <laughs> not, not 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 the racist. <laughs> yeah, the I think that like the the notion of him like getting super racist, like because a lot of the a lot of Aaron's racism in this volume is like pointedly like he says like yellow bloods and below like he, he's got salts he's a little bit solix brained i think yeah um and yeah I, I find it interesting that like he's it's it seems like he's really playing up like just his bigotry uh specifically in relationship to somebody he, like yet like to a trans person that he is attracted to um that reminds me of like that seems that reminds me of like a lot of like what of like uh transphobia online of like from like like I don't know what's the word for it like fetishization yeah um because I remember I this I remember a while ago uh the other thing I was thinking about in relation to this was like I remember I mentioned like a while ago I think you mentioned or I might have seen on Twitter like it was brought up that um between uh Solux and Vriska uh Aridin has in past request uh like retroactively now has like a caligonous feeling specifically for like the uh canonically trans trolls um so i guess that's also another like interesting angle on it or like another interesting detail to add to Mm. it yeah so there's that i I don't know i didn't think about that i i'm i'm not sure like what it what exactly it says about him but i I think it's there (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I I feel like uh, I like the way that this volume like ends, like comes away with it though. It's like he's he's got some shit to work through, and it's hard work, and he is kind of a fuck up at the moment. But everybody does like he has the potential to to fix his life, like and maybe be less racist and horrible to people around him. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Anything more on this before we go to the one we're going to do in 30 seconds? Shout out to Ogres. 
Shout out to ogres. Um, I am I I am also shocked at the restraint of like I didn't catch a reference to Martyrdan. Uh, yeah, I, I I remember feeling that when I when I first read it because like when it came to when when we got to the closet sequence, I was like, surely there's gonna be a reference. To, to March Aridan, and they're just was craning my neck to see if these got like the red tube top. Yeah, where is it? They're hiding it from us. <laughs> I'm I'm not particularly attached to it. <laughs> All right, Let, uh, let's talk about the other one. Fafari, the other one. Um, anything? Any 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 pretext before we get into this one? Um. Um, there, there is one thing I wanted to mention. Oh, uh, shit. Never mind. Nothing? I was wrong. Move on. All right. Move on. <laughs> All right. Okay, so. Uh. Route, uh, volume 10 to, uh, Fafari. So, uh, the beginning of this volume, uh, MS Reader, uh, gets to thinking again. And we work ourselves up into, from, uh, agitation to frustration to right up into a revolutionary fervor. Um, we take a tally of our highly limited skill set and we decide that, uh, using our, using our inventory of skills, which includes making friends with people and not dying, uh, our best course of action, our best course of direct action is to go straight to the top dog of Alternia, befriend them, and work them, just hash this whole thing out right then and there. So, um, we focus on the most, the highest being on Alternia, and we zap uh, straight to their location. So, uh, when we zap, uh, we find ourselves on nowhere nowhere else than the ocean floor, face to face with a fairy. Um, which is almost as much of a surprise uh, as the imminent and sudden threat of drowning. Um, Fafari's uh, innocuous appearance uh, takes us back, and we're taken aback by Fafari's innocuous appearance. Um, and uh, we, uh, we struggle for breath uh, as she tries to greet us. Um, we we uh, we are uh, we're waving around um drowning uh, our lungs are filling with oxygen uh, with water we're about to die and Fafari realizes what's going on and she gives us a little air bubble she blows an air bubble for us um so that we can be safe like it's a video game so uh we uh we sit there uh weakly gasping uh expelling water from our lungs um as Fafari uh excitedly gets to know us. Um, we, we, we greet her, uh, while, while we try to, uh, while we get our breath back, um, and she is delighted to learn that we are here for an audience with the highest being on Alternia. Um, we push the initial shock at her innocuous appearance, um, and recall that, uh, we have heard that there is an heiress to, uh, that the heiress to the Empire does stand on Alternia. And it stands to reason that if the Condess herself is, the Empress herself is, spends most of her time off planet, then this is probably her second in line. Um, we recall that what we've heard before is that she's got uh, some kind of horrific burden and elusive that could potentially end the world. 
Um, but also, uh, we think that she does on some level preside over the system that we've spent this whole game observing uh, being the worst thing ever, and we are a little bit wary of her. Um, so we uh, cautiously launch into our plan to uh, work our to to work to work our vision of Alternia into existence. Um, and we quickly find that uh, a lot of our work is already accomplished ahead of us. Um, Feferi is, uh, almost more excited to be our friend than we are hers. Um, it seems that being the heiress to the Empire is a pretty lonely position. It doesn't seem like it gets very visit there are very many visitors down here. Um, but also, that she also shares our sentiment that Alternia is just the worst place ever. Um, before we can ever mention, uh, anything, any kind of injustice with society, she is already talking about how awful it is that it only serves people at the top, and how horrible and unjust the whole, uh, arrangement is. Um, so, uh, we are pleasantly surprised by this, uh, but our budding friendship is interrupted by the threat of running out of oxygen in our little bubble that she's provided for us. Um, so at this point we can either decide to, uh, zap out and save ourselves, or test our hypothesis we came to earlier about not being able to die. Um... If we choose to save ourselves and we zap back to the surface, uh, at the last second we choose not to bring Feferi with us out of uh, concern that maybe she can't breathe, uh, maybe she won't be able to breathe on the surface. Um, so once we zap out, uh, we find ourselves unable to bring ourselves to zap back down. Uh, we are scared, the, the fear of drowning and the water and just... You know, but there's a giant monster down there that she has to take care of. Things could get really bad. Um, it sounds like she's already in tune with what's wrong with this place. Let's just leave it up to her and uh, go do something else. And there's our game over. If we choose to uh, stick around and test our hypothesis of not being able to die, um, then we find ourselves not dying. And the next thing we know, we're waking up uh, inside Feferi's luxurious uh, palace bedroom. Uh, being fanned by her, being fanned with a giant leaf by Feferi. Um, we thank her, and she, uh, profess, uh, she professes that, uh, this is just her job. This is just what an empress should do in caring for her people. Um, and that, uh, she, uh, when she becomes empress, things will be different around here. In a couple thousand sweeps. So, on hearing that, uh, we... Decide. We we reply. Well, um, why not now? Uh, why wait? Why uh allow it for the possibility of all of our friends around here currently on the planet being chewed up by the system? Why even give yourself the risk of growing up to be an old stuffy conservative? Uh, what what if you grow up to be just like her? Um, she's still has she's inspired, but she is still uh hesitant at the idea. Um. And she says, well, she, she voices the concern that shaking up things on Turney in any major way could potentially lead to Glib Golub getting upset and issuing the Vast Glove. And we don't know what that means, but it does sound pretty bad. So, let's see. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Feferi still has a plan. Um, as she, as Empress, is afforded a... Uh, metaphysical periscope um an oracle that she is privy to its advice uh and she, she goes to demonstrate to this to us um so Feferi goes over to 
an ornate uh, jewel-encrusted tube in her bedroom that uh, extends down to the ocean floor. Um, and she, she yells, she shouts down it, uh, for Glibgollum, uh, and her Lucis in reply extends a tentacle up, uh, that is tipped by an eyeball at the end. Um, and, uh, as we watch, uh, the eyeball, uh, takes on the appearance of a crystal ball, and, uh, we go over and we stare into it with a fairy, uh, unable to contain our curiosity. Um, what we see in the eye, uh is mysteriously uh, the site of the Dark Carnival, the same vision that we had in Karko's route in Frensim when we were dying. And who else is on uh, one of the horses on the uh, carousel of the Dark Carnival but Karko himself? Um, so we, uh, we, in, we uh, gleefully celebrate this with a fairy. Uh, we dance around. She flings us into the wall with her superhuman sea-dweller strength. Um, we pull ourselves back up off the ground, and uh, we we observe uh, Karako and Feferi's conversation. Um, so Feferi adjusts the some settings on her uh, oracle tube, and uh, Karko's speech goes from honks to something we can understand. And we quickly realize that... Uh, Either this is a much different Karako than the last time we met him, um, or he has somehow found himself a gig as a mouthpiece for some kind of eldritch abomination when it needs to speak to princesses. Um, Karako speaks loftily and sagely about uh, Feferi's place in existence. Um, he describes reality as a, a metaphysical super-river, uh, comprised of countless streams of different realities that all together form an instance of the story, capital S. Um, and he offers her uh, the choice uh, that she has to make, which is either to uh, stay her course in her own smallest level of this uh, metaphys complex metaphysical system of rivers um, and to influence her own reality, uh, and maybe not maybe not change the course of, uh, the whole thing, um, on the greatest big picture scale, uh, but still put some, like, change something in her own timeline and put an, uh, cement that as, like, an essential building block of everything, or to, through meditation, um, transcend this reality and navigate the meta of the story to the degree that they can, that she can influence the creators above them and the creators above them, in turn. So, uh, Feferi, because she has no character, turns to us, and then uh, we make the choice. <laughs> um, if we choose the latter, uh, then Karako blesses us and we meditate um and we spend eternity meditating uh under the sea until we're ready to ascend to godhood and that's the ending um and if we choose the other then karko again blesses us um but this time uh with a new resolve and we start planning out all the antifa shit we're gonna do with Riska and terezi and then that's how it ends um, wow, that was crazy. 
I feel really bad, but like this is a there's like nothing here. Like I'm sorry. Like the the Karako thing is is cool. I guess it's it. I, but it just it, it feels like I just got like mad libbed on. Like this this route confuses me on so many levels. I would agree. Um, people have spent years talking about how Feffery does nothing in Homestuck. She yes. she says three slurs, and then she dies. And in Homestuck, like there's there's like this these vague references to to how she wants to like be change on Alternia. Mm-hmm. And this was like the perfect chance to make her into like more of a character and show how she planned to make that change and even get to the point where maybe she actually does a little bit of change in her route. Maybe, maybe we could get into her psychology a little bit. Maybe we could, ex- like, explore her like we explored Jane in the epilogues. Like, get some insight into, uh, maybe she's a very, we know she's a very, like, kind and caring person, but she's still raised in, like, the seat of power. Like, you know, maybe we have all these things to explore in these conflicts of her character that could potentially be something, right? Yeah. And then it just does this. <laughs> I... I didn't know what to think of it when I first read it. I was hoping that, like, maybe when I first read it, I, like, read it too fast or I missed something. And, and I, when, when we got to it now, I, I I went back and I reread lines multiple times to make sure, like, I was, like, getting everything out of this that I could. And I still don't understand why this route is the way that it is. Um, the, it, the, the, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. When we when we covered the the Carico route, we I, I'm pretty sure we touched on how how weird it was that the Dark Carnival was like real, and mm-hmm. and and that we die and we go there like that was weird. It it was very weird, and we did not really have much of a payoff for it. The, the Dark Carnival in Homestuck has always just been a thing that has been alluded to. The it it's it's a religious symbol for for Juggalos. Like, there was no, this is the Dark Carnival, except for, like, one line uh, when Ghost Vriska was, like, exploring the bubbles with Mina. And Vriska was like, is this the Dark Carnival? And, like, that was it. Like, that's the closest thing we've ever got to real Dark Carnival in Homestuck. And even then, it's nothing. It's like a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this whole, like, the, the metaphysical periscope that that the heiress has in, in which she summons a, a a clown kid from the dark carnival and, and gets advice i i don't know if first of all i just want to clear the point we we never get a follow-up on this there is no follow-up on this ever in anything why am i not surprised <laughs> i don't know if this is 
something related to something that happens in Hive Swap that we haven't gotten yet. I don't know if it was something from Homestuck 2 that we that we didn't get to. It it feels so big of an addition. Like I don't think this is like a rogue writer just adding something because they felt like it. This feels like such a big thing to add that it seems like they were going to build on it somewhere. But it's just here, and I don't know what to think of it. I, I, like, they, doubling down on the Dark Carnival being a real thing, and that it is now, like, something that a higher being, like, communicates through, I, I, I don't know what to do with it, because there's no follow-up on it ever, and, and the way that it's handled here is so just out of nowhere... I I don't I, I don't know I just don't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, I I agree with everything that you've said. Um, it like <sighs> it's just so. I I feel like the the the, the real thing with this route is that like, uh, it's okay having like a n- nonsense one off like fine whatever. Um, but it's baffling that it has this nonsense one-off thing that is, that, like, and it, and it, like, serves no purpose. Um, like, we don't learn anything interesting about Fafari in, in this. Yeah. Um, like, we know, like, what do we get out of here? Uh, Fafari is a is a compassionate person who cares about the little guy. Um, we knew that already. Uh, and, like, that's it. Um, there's, like, not even... Hell, like... <sighs> there's not even, like, any exploration of, like... Or not even... Exp- I don't even need to see exploration. There's not even any, like, follow-up on, like, the the arc that we're going through of, like, her and Solix are starting to talk at this point in the story. Like... It's just disjointed from everything else. Like, there's just nothing about any other troll besides, um, Karako, who, like, you know, is a troll, but it's, like, not a character. Yeah. Uh, I am, I, I am just baffled. Um, I, I, I just don't know what I'm here for. I don't know what this is here for. I don't know why this is the last troll. That's, that's Um, another thing. The, I, something that really disappoints me about this one. Uh, and I know with the trolls, they were like doubling up. So like technically they could be read either way. So you can't really do a, the final troll route. Uh, mm-hmm. But by the time we got to Jade, uh, we, it, the, the, the idea that the, the four were a friend group was like well cemented and, we got a nice little finale for their friend group. We we brought them together. We had their the nice little sleepover. It was it was good. Yeah. But with the trolls, like there there were of course references to the fact that like there there were connections between them. Uh we don't like get anything even close to what happened with the with the kids in volume four and i it's it's insane to me it is just insane to me that the the one ending of this route is like we'll have to get in contact with terezi and riska and they don't show up 
that would have been like the perfect chance to like show what they've been up to and maybe like loop in other like other trolls that we've already made contact with and like see how <laughs> how Frisco and Terezi have been like interacting with them. To flesh out Feferi by bouncing like her like innocent uh desire to make the world a better place versus like Terezi and Vriska's like hardened cynicism, like do something with it. I beg you. Uh I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry to the author of this route. If you're re- listening to this, I am I am sorry, but jeez. Show don't tell, please. Yeah. Please, I beg yeah. you. I would have loved to see some Vriska and some Terezi here. Um it's, and that's the other thing. It, it it bugs me so much that um it's like it doesn't even try to make the choice at the end interesting. It's like we just make the choice and then one of the, the it happens. Um it's it's just it does very little it, it just doesn't do anything very interesting with the medium. The uh the the choice at the ending where where you could you can opt to like achieve godhood kind of makes me mad because uh, MSPA reader has consistently focused on like the bonds between people and and the the like small scale things. Uh, uh-huh. I I I've, the, the like achieve godhood one th- option almost feels out of character at this point. I feel like c- because I I just don't see MSPA reader making that choice. Yeah, yeah, I, that's another good point. I, I I can't disagree with that. Um, it's just, it's just disappointing. It's just disappointing, like across the board. Feffrey's still not yeah. a character. She's still not a character. <laughs> We're here at the end. We made it here, and we have not achieved characterhood for Feffrey. We we got we got Equius for Christ's sake. We got Equius. We got a good deal for Equius. We got a great deal. We got a great deal for Tavros. And and yet, uh, poor and, and yet, Feferi, uh, Fe- Feferi says zero slurs and lives. The the thing about Feferi, all all the other characters, like they, like some characters had like issues where they needed to be like rehabilitated to like be better in like a modern light. <laughs> like yeah, Feferi said three slurs and then died. But at her core, her character didn't really need to be changed. It's just she needed more. We needed the opposite with Feferi. We needed Feferi to... We needed, like, to engage with Feferi's homophobia. <laughs> um, or her... Which... What, she says the R word, right? It's, yeah. most, it's the R word, yeah. right? Yeah. Dave is the one who says the F word. Yeah. We, we need to, like... T- we need to grapple with Feferi's ableism in this in this route. And, like, I'm, like, not joking uh, about this in, in a way, right? Like, the... She's a nice person. And that's, like, all we get. Like... Give me something ugly to latch onto with this character. Like, give me something to work with. It's just nothing. It's just dust. It's it, there's nothing here. <laughs> it's just a store brand pop tart. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> you know, um, uh, nice thing. I will say. I will say a nice thing. Uh, I really, really like the fairy's musical theme. Uh, one of my favorites of the troll. One of the, my one of my favorites of the of the songs of the soundtrack so far. Uh, that's what I got. It wasn't even a new song. <laughs> it 
It was a wait. Was it not? No, it was an old song that Toby did. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, shout out to Toby Fox. I forgot. I must have forgot. <laughs> it wasn't used in the comic. It was just. It was. Uh, I think it was on Alternia Bound. That makes sense. I haven't listened to um the. I haven't like listened to the uh non in comic music enough to like have it by most of it by ear. Just listen to Alternia Bound. I I should give Alternia Bound another because it's just all Toby. So. Yeah. I've listened to it. It's, it's just it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Any, any, any other thoughts on... If I keep, if I keep talking about this route, I'm going to get mad at it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm already there. I'm already there, buddy. Um, (sighs) any, any more thoughts on, uh, on Aridin? Uh, and how he probably should have been in this one, too. Yeah, he should have. Um, it was good. I liked it the first time I read it. I liked it even more the second time I read it. <sighs> yeah, the <laughs> fairy was the opposite. <laughs> it's 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 very. It doesn't happen often. Um, but it, it it's it's always frustrating when we get to a piece of Homestuck content that like I just authentically am like this just kind of was ass. Yeah, it happens. Not everything <laughs> yeah. can be perfect. Un unfortunately, unfortunately. Um. Uh. Anything else uh, we want to talk about before we wrap up for today? Um, let me let me pull up the the trivia page to see if there was anything interesting in Feffery's route at all. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> the the two pieces of trivia in the trivia section for this volume for Feffery are just bugs. Like they're just game bugs. <laughs> like like how uh one of Feffrey's lines was accidentally using uh the MSPA reader box and the 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 good endings give you the wrong achievements. They're swapped. I now I just feel bad. I <laughs> Christ almighty. <laughs> Alright, we gotta get out of here. Uh, John, what are we reading next week? Uh, next week, we're, 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 we're going back to humans. And, and we're also going back to doubling up on volumes. Uh, we're gonna be reading volumes 11 and 12, uh, meeting our good friends Jane and Jake. Oh boy. That's, that'll be exciting. We'll see, uh... We'll see how uh, the we'll see the other heiress treatment and how uh, how that one works out. Yeah, we're getting pretty close to the end of Pester Quest. It's just it's just next week, and then the finale is after that. Yeah, yeah, we're really running out of content here, aren't Uh-oh. we? Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, um, on that note, uh, do you want to wrap this one up? Sure. All right. Well, uh, in that case, um. Shall we thank our patrons? Absolutely. All right. Well, um, thank you so much to our patrons, uh, Michael P., uh, Poof the 27th. And the other 11. Ashen 1, Haxus 3, Mel, Tezrat, Amber M., Danny, Caffeine, Gareth F., Simon Martins, Corin, and Darsh. Thanks for money. 
thank you all so much for money. Um, we are kind of we we are running down our uh our well of visual homestuck content. Um, and we are going to we are planning to move to a more relaxed uh release schedule soon. Um, potentially going into some other. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see what we have yeah. uh in the wings. Um, but nonetheless, uh, if you want to give us some cash, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash hpcast, and you can get your name, uh, on that, on that list of, of people that we read every time we do an episode. And, uh, you can also get some perks like getting episodes on Saturdays or Fridays or whenever, the early in the weekend, whenever they're ready, as opposed to on Mondays. Um... Or uh, getting access to the secret uh, patron chat in the Discord, um, or even our admin chat in the Discord if you if you if you pay enough. Um, so yeah, if, if any of those sound like a, a goof or a gaff, head on down to Patreon.com/hpcast. Um, our second shout out, uh, however, um, is to all of our listeners who give us money or not. Uh, really, does not matter that much to us. Uh, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. Um, it's cool to have a fan base and uh, a small community, and uh, we really appreciate it. It's good to have people on this journey together. Um, and our third shout-out, as always, goes to Alex, our artist and editor. Uh, Alex uh, makes everything we do around here possible, um, and we love him. So shout-out to Alex. Uh, big ups to that guy. And uh, with that, we will see you again uh, next week uh, with... Our next uh, dive into Pester Quest with our Return to the Humans with uh, Jake and Jane. So uh, see you around. See ya.